Hi, everybody. Again, my name is Lisa. I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, I've got 17 and a half years of um, recovery from compulsive overeating, binging, skipping meals, all that kind of stuff. I'll go into more details, but I'm very grateful for that time. And I also really, truly believe that the person with most abstinence is the one who got up earliest today. And um, it might have been me today, but it never is otherwise. I am never the first person up. So um, something that really struck me in how it works before our readers lost it was, um, <laughs> was about the, um, the honesty, the rigorous honesty. Um, people who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves, because I think I was close to that when I came in. I guess I wasn't completely, because I was able to get recovery, and I was struck abstinent pretty quickly as soon as I started being honest with another human being. Um, that's actually how I marked my abstinence, because I, had a, I got a sponsor very quickly, and I started telling her about my food, and I... I didn't see the point in not telling her the truth because she was a straight word. Why? Why go to all this trouble? Um, but I don't think I had been honest about it for one day before then. So, harking back, uh, I was born, I think, a compulsive overeater or uh, an anorexic. I'm not really sure. I didn't like food uh, as, a as a little child. Uh, I, it, was, it was really difficult to get me to eat unless it was food that I liked, which was of a certain variety that was not actually healthy. But it was used as bribes to get me to eat other food. Um, so I really hated 99% of the food that was put in front of me, and I didn't eat it. And um, so, you know, I was little, I was trying to oh, I miss those days. And, um, and, and, I was, um, and I used that other food, that bribe food, as comfort food. We moved a lot when I was a child from the age of three months until uh, I think about 12. Um, we moved every few years and every time, I mean, country. So I'd uproot everything that I knew except my family, which was, was kind of a stressful environment and um, loving but very unhappy. And, uh, and food was a big comfort. It was provided to me as comfort. I took it as comfort and love. And, uh, and that's so that's where I found um, some relief. So, you know, as much as this disease has tormented me over the years, it also, at the beginning, was really helpful to me. It gave me something that I couldn't find otherwise. I didn't have tools to figure out how to um, sit through emotions that I didn't like or tools to give me joy when I didn't have it. That's what I had. So that's what I used. Before I had any idea I was using it. I learned all this in program. I didn't know any of it back then. Um, I hit uh, probably about 12 or 15, all of a sudden I liked food, I liked lots of food, I liked, it was still not healthy, but I liked it and I ate a lot of it, and um, again it was comfort and it was uh, sneaky, uh, it was provided to me in sneaky fashion um, by, by a parent who, you know, loves me very much and has this disease and, uh, or, you know, may, it's not for me to say, but who would put pound bags of certain sweets in my, in, hidden in my room so I would find it and not talk about it. I would just eat it. And, um, and that was, it was loving, and it was messed up, and, um, and you know, I, that's what I worked with. And, um, and so then I, uh, then I hit an age where I started uh, using another substance that helped me eat more. <laughs> I've heard about, 
know, to help them not eat. No, 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 no. I would get high, and then I would binge, and then I would be allowed to binge in public because that was the munchies. And, that, and, and you know, again, this wasn't conscious, but it was like, I, this is a social thing. I can do it with my friends. And the weird thing was they would stop. <laughs> while there was still food on the table. And I just, I mean, could not conceive of that. If it is still there, you finish it. Now, in my house, aside from the little sneaky stuff in my little, you know, uh, under the pillow, there was also no junk food, no other junk food. So I was just terrible. I would go to people's houses and, like, raid their fridge and raid their pantry. And they didn't care because they were not compulsive readers, so they were not watching everything I was taking. They were like, whatever. And, um... So I'd go to town, and, and again, I only I, I knew guilt because I knew it was bad for me to be doing this, um, but I didn't know how not to. I didn't know how to how to just stop at one or two if there were more there and if they were available to me. Um, so uh, so there so once that other substance was, I was relieved of that other substance through just it was harder to get <laughs> um, back in the 80s. Uh, then, then the food got worse, and um, and I felt that uh, you know it says in the big book the the pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization of every night wanting to not do it again, or two in the morning really not wanting to do it again the next day, and then doing it again the next day. And the way I did it was, and I don't want to be specific, but there would be you know something in the freezer and a bunch of stuff in the pantry, anything that was like sweet and salty that could go in that big bowl went in, and that was. After, I would skip breakfast, I would skip lunch, I would eat my first meal probably at four. This isn't every day, this was just as, as it was possible. Um, eat my first meal at four, eat my second meal at like dinner at seven, and then eat at ten until whenever. And, um, and I would just feel horrible at the end of the night. And why did I do that again? And I knew nothing about this program, I knew nothing about any kind of recovery from it. I didn't know that it was an it. I just knew it was, this, this is what I do, and it, it sucks. And nobody knew about it, I thought, um, because that was back to, you know, blind down and, you know, phone off and TV on and that kind of thing. Um, and so when I was about 31, uh, I, was, I was seeing a therapist. I was, it was an outside, you know, Eskimo who I mentioned, I happened to mention the binge I'd had the night before. I didn't use that word because I didn't know that word just said that I couldn't step you. It was something in reference to another family member who had just been diagnosed with an aspect of this disease. And I was like, I get it. Everybody in this family does weird things with food. And I just couldn't stop eating last night. She's like, whoa, 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 what? You know, like, I hadn't mentioned it in two years of seeing her. And, um, and she was like, you might want to consider OA. And I was like, and immediately, oh, she's telling me that I need to lose weight. And, um, and I was very functional. I, I, I definitely, I think I weigh, I'm sure I weigh less than I do now, but I was, you know, a very functional compulsive overeater and dieter and all that kind of stuff. And um, it was just, I was completely miserable uh, inside. And so she suggested, she's like, just go. And I went, and it turned out she was in another program. So she was a, a perfect customer. She knew it, she knew it very well. And um, so I came in. The first meeting, you know, God bless all the people who were there because I was crazy, but I thought you were all crazy. And I didn't say that, but I was just like, you know, deer in headlights, I think. And um, and for those who've heard my show, you've heard this before, but I was, uh, and I apologize, but I was sitting there and someone was sharing and she was bawling. I mean, just sobbing. And of course, I was there going like, I can fix all these people, you know. And everybody was sharing. I was like, here's what you got. And I didn't say it, but I just thought, you know, here's what you got to do. 
and she was just crying and crying and crying. And I was like, well, what a poor messed up girl. And then, and then it came time, and because the idea of crying in front of another human being, oh my God, like never would have occurred to me as anything the same person does or that I could do, that I was physically capable of doing. Um, and then it came time to say who was available to sponsor, and she raised her hand, and I was like, what? Like, what kind of craziness is happening here? And, um, and she didn't end up my slide. It would be perfect if she ended up my slide. She ended up being a very close friend, like, first, you know, from the first month on, who I've known for 17 years, and she's got incredible recovery, and she taught me a lot about being able to have, acknowledge that I have emotions, share emotions, not be ashamed of them, um, as did everyone in the room who shared openly and honestly, which I didn't know how to do back then. Um, but I just, I mean, I was so like, whoa, this is so nuts. And then the second meeting I went to, I heard my story. It was like someone was reading my journal. And, um, and I, I was crazy at that meeting because I was like, I think I shared, I, I did, I shared twice. I, you know, just to the recover, I like, I have so much love and compassion, I was bananas. Um, and, and I cross-talked. Oh, it was awful. So, um, and, you know, some of those people are still my friends. They forgave me, and it was very sweet. But, um, but so I came in, I was 31, I was ready. I was just ready. I had been doing this for so long, I was just ready to let it go. I didn't know how. Uh, someone offered herself as a temporary sponsor. She did not have the same aspect of this disease I did. I didn't relate to her aspect, but I was like, all right. She became my sponsor for the next 10 years. I think if I hadn't gotten her, if she hadn't offered, I wouldn't have, I still wouldn't have a sponsor. I wanted, you know, like Tinkerbell. I wanted someone that was not human. I wanted someone that was perfect because imperfection was horrifying to me, including my own. And that was a big part of my self-loathing and part of why I ate. Um, so she was, she was a big book temper. She was fantastic. She got me working the steps immediately. She got me being of service immediately before I was at all capable to do anything other than pick up a phone and call a newcomer. She said, they have less time than you after I had a week. And she said, don't offer any advice. <laughs> listen, just listen. Share, what, share your experience, strength, and hope, what you've got so far. And uh, which was great advice that I've always clung to because it keeps me out of trouble. It keeps me out of trouble with my sponsees, with anybody who calls, any newcomers I call. If I don't ad offer advice, I can't be wrong. <laughs> and if I only share my own stuff, honestly, you know, there's, I can't get in trouble with them. Um, there have definitely been times over the years where sponsees have wanted to know if they should move out of their, you know, a, an environment that wasn't good or, or that, that didn't sound good, um, you know, with family or whatever. And I couldn't, I just couldn't weigh in because if I messed up, if I made the decision for them and then they did it and then it was a horrible decision, then I'm screwed. I'm the one who did it. And, and so I came in as that person. I, like I said, just, you know, taking everybody's, coming up with everybody's answer. And I learned so quickly not to do that. And that was a huge relief. It's in, in the world, too, out in the world, to not try to give people my incredible judgment. Because as I've learned over the years, my judgment stinks. If it didn't, I wouldn't have ended up in here. And I love being here, but, you know, come on. There are many things I'd rather do right now. Sleeping. All of them are sleeping. <laughs> um, okay, so I came in. I started working the steps. Um, as I've also shared it was before some people, um, it was October 17th. That was the beginning of my afternoon. 
And when I realized what that meant, I was really angry I hadn't come in on November 1st because I really liked Halloween <laughs> and um, for the food, for the being able to eat so much food and not get caught, you know, not get in trouble. And, um, and so I was really, uh, really pissed. And I tried to think of a way I could, like, come back, but I, it was too late. I had already gotten, like, hooked. And um, so I started telling her my food every day, and as soon as I started telling her my food, it cleaned up. I don't know that I don't know why I don't know why much of this program I don't know why all of this program works but that's what happened as soon as I started being honest with another human being I didn't have a concept of God back then my concept had been uh, it was sort of like a Santa Claus God which is funny because it wasn't even my religion growing up but it was you know someone on a pedestal or something who would say yes or no you get what you want or you don't and I have to pray really hard and the only time I prayed I believe was when my dog ran away. And I was going to be really, really, really good if, if he brought Ginger back. And Ginger came back, and I didn't ever pray again. So, <laughs> so um, but, you know, it worked. So, um, so I really should have gotten religion from that. But anyway, um, so I came in, and what I was, you know, what was suggested to me was consider that the room was my higher power. And that really made sense to me, because when I came in and sat for an hour or an hour and a half, I felt relief. I also didn't binge, but I felt relief, and I felt whatever that is, the room full of people being honest, is, to me, a very spiritual experience. I mean, it gives me chills just thinking about it. And having that, I knew was not my doing. I knew I didn't create the room full of people and that feeling, that sensation. So that was my higher power. Um, the ocean was my higher power. I was working at the time near the beach, and I could go down to the ocean at lunchtime and just sit and look at the waves. And I was not able to control them. So I thought, that is a power greater than myself. A lot of nature. Um, my niece was a baby at the time, and that was pure love. That just was, you know, that experience of, of that baby was pure love. And I was like, that's my higher power. Um, and so it's sort of, you know, it's changed over the years to me now. It's, and this is just my, my belief, and, you know, please take it or leave it for a reason, um, is uh, everything and everyone in the world makes up my higher power. It's just that this, the, the spirit within everyone and everything makes up this higher power that, that I call God. So that way, it's not, when I'm praying, it's not, it makes it easier for me not to pray for me. It's to pray to know the will of this power, to know sort of like how to go down this river. Um, and it's not like, you gave me something and you didn't give me something, or you made someone get hurt, or you made me whatever. Like, it's, I'm, how do I fit into this pattern? How do I, how do I, how am I of service in this universe? Um, it works for me most times. There's definitely still times where I'm like, no, you know, and I get very angry, and I get, and I'm allowed to get angry. That was also an emotion I did not know of before I came in. I remember when my first sponsor or one, I don't know if it was my first or my second. I, I have a second now for the last seven years. One, I, it must have been my first. She said something about me being very angry. And I was like, like, I, I like, like, like a dog going, like, I have no, no idea what that meant. I was like, I have no anger in me. She goes, oh, yes, you do. And, of course, after a couple, you know, a month of abstinence, it came up. And one of my, one of my favorite things that I've heard, from, from a fellow was, you know, when you bury emotions, you bury them alive. And you bury them for 31 years. Oh, man, it's like a volcano. I feel sorry for the people who were around me at the time who, um, 
<laughs> and I've made amends, but um, who got to experience that? And, uh, you know, everything coming out of this poltergeist. Um, and, you know, gratefully that, that, that settled down. For people who may be new, um, for me, my first 30 days, I remember, you know, I forget everything, but I remember pretty vividly the first day I sat with a meal crying because it was half done. I didn't know if I was full or not. And I was crying because I thought a baby knows when it's full. How can I not have learned that in 30 years? And, um, and that was humbling. And that was, you know, that was admitting powerlessness for sure. And that's something that um, I'm really grateful I remember those things. Because it's really easy for me to forget I have this disease. It's really easy for me to forget to do this work. Um, Fortunately, it's just been drilled into me at this point. I get up and I say prayers and I try to meditate for a whole minute or two. And I, you know, the whole, I go to three, three meetings a week. I go, I work the steps to the best of my ability, which has been kind of crappy lately. But, um, but just that feeling of like, left to my own devices, I don't know if I'm full or not. That's just, that's just kind of, you know, poor girl. Um, now, today, I actually do. It's amazing. I know when I'm hungry, and that's usually when I eat. Um, sometimes, you know, I eat meals at regular times now. That's part of my afternoons because I actually, you know, eat breakfast at a breakfast time. But, um, but that was all learned behavior. I didn't know how to do it. Um, and so I worked the steps with my sponsor. I worked them pretty quickly. Um, if I were to give advice, it would be to work them quickly just because I – I was having enough trouble sitting in step four for a couple months. I don't know how to do it. To do it any longer would have been, just for me, just torturous. You know, who wants to look at that stuff? Who wants to sit in that stuff? Um, so I worked, some, I worked one, I think one, two, and three was like a week each. And I did them all very badly. It was what I was capable of at the time. And it was, you know, my sense of rigorous honesty was very different then than it is now. So it was just what I was capable of. Of course, I felt like it was good, wasn't good enough. And I was grateful that I, I knew that I would be doing them again and again over the years. And um, so, and four was like tiny, you know, people talk about like reams of step four. Mine was tiny because I just had this small life. I hadn't really, I didn't think, and at the time, again, it's what I remembered. It was mostly family and friends and myself. And, um, and like big institutions that I was angry at. Um, that I had resentments towards and that I got to work on. So, so I worked them all. Thank you. Thank you. Um, skipping 17 years. No, so, uh, <laughs> but that's, that's the funny thing is like, you know, everything has changed completely and it stemmed from being honest with myself and another human being and then my concept of God. Um, you know, they talk about like, we run things by somebody. We don't, just decide, like, this is what I need to be doing. We run it by somebody else because it's very easy for me to justify any behavior. I did that with so much, in the, you know, over the years. I did that with every, everything I ate. I did it with um, all sorts of behavior that ended up on, you know, my nice stuff. Like, it's really great. I'm really good at rationalizing and justifying. And if I run it by another human being, all of a sudden I hear the crazy. Because I see it in their eyes, you know. We're <laughs> um, and I also love that, I can't believe I said I love it. I hate it when my sponsor says what my part is. When I haven't, you know, because my part always used to be like, I let it, I, I, I didn't let it go. 
or you know, my part is like like the most passive, like in a, in innocuous version of my part. Like I I let myself be a victim, you know. And she's like, how about judgmental, intolerant, world according to Lisa? Like you know, and I'd be like, but I love that. I love that because I didn't get it myself, and I and it makes me better. And she did it gently and lovingly, but it was like. Oh right, I'm, I'm, I have a part in all of this stuff. Um, so let's see. So, so today my life is so different. Just in terms, I mean, I can't. I like the food. The idea that I, I eagerly look for go. I like to go to the farmers market and get fresh vegetables. Like I didn't eat a vegetable for 30 years. Like I. <laughs> Vegetable to me was something covered in another thing and and breadcrumbs like and deep fried like the idea that I I I really I feel it if I'm not being healthy and I love it it's not like I'm doing it to be good to myself I do it because I love it it's just that's anathema to me and also the fact that thanks to this program I started riding my bike and again it wasn't for Exercise. I used to go to the gym, get on the stationary bike, ride it for a half hour, and hate every minute of it. And you're not looking at anything. And um, you know, three times a week because it was maintenance. And I got on a bike, and I was like, Oh my God, this is so. This gives me so much joy. Now, the day before I got on that bike, I hated biking. It hurt my neck, and it hurt my butt, and it hurt my hands. And that, for whatever reason, and I remember it was Christmas 2000. Like all of a sudden. I got on it and it was wonderful, and it it gives me so much joy. To me, it's very meditative. I'm not pretty. I'm not very good at sitting and meditating, but I can meditate walking. I can meditate riding. All this stuff that I love to do that um, that uses my body in a way that I never conceived of doing. I was not an athletic kid. I thought of myself as you know, I'm just that's just not me, you know. And I'm still not. I'm not like an athletic biker, but I just but I love it and. Um, and I was so afraid to do anything that could make me look stupid or hurt. You know, those are the two big things. Like, I don't want to look stupid, and I don't want to get hurt. Which I think, I guess that you know, isn't isn't really rare. But but I do a lot of things. Not necessarily. I don't want to get hurt still. But I'm more open. I'm more open. I, this this program opened my heart immensely, and um, taught me how to. You guys taught me how to love myself, which still sounds cheesy to me, but it's true. You you showed me, my sponsor um, showed me how to be gentle in a way that I never knew how and that I never thought I should know how, so I didn't think I deserved it. And that, in turn, has led me to be able to be gentle with my sponsees and my fellows and the people out in the world in ways that I never thought I could. Thank you. Um, Talk to me about your um, experience with perfectionism about your um, recovery. Oh, boy. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm talking about my experience with perfectionism throughout recovery. Well, like I said about working those steps the first time around, I felt like I wasn't working them perfectly, therefore I couldn't, I couldn't, there would be no working them perfectly. Um, and luckily, I had a sponsor who was like, get it done. You know, you have a week or two weeks or whatever it was. And, I mean, she wasn't mean about it, but it was just like, 
For whatever reason, I, my obedience to authority hadn't completely eroded, even though I thought of myself as very rebellious. Like, she told me to do something, I did it. Again, it was that thing of, like, I was try like, why am I here if I'm not going to do this? Um, as much as I didn't want to. I always feel bad when, when a newcomer comes in the room and hears, like, the four-step first at their first meeting. I'm like, how? I would have run screaming into the night, you know? But, um... But so for me, it was, uh, she was just very gentle and, like, um, I, I remember one time I wanted to say that I lost my absence. Probably two weeks in, I, I wanted to say I'd lost my absence because I'd gone to this, uh, it was before cell phones, people. Um, I'd gone to this, uh, or before I had one. Um, some event that um, they had these little, I, oh, by the way, my absence, I didn't, there was only one thing that was off the table. Everything else was. The, the thing that had been in that under that pillow for years and years was like I've had enough. I've had a billion of those. I can be done with that. Um, so everything there was no restricting. It was just you know sane and guilt free. So I was doing this like taking a bite and then going like what am I doing and throwing it out and then the tray would go by and I take one and take a bite of a different one and take a bite and then be like what am I doing? It's right like a goldfish going around the like what's that? Oh that's a castle. What's that? Oh that's a castle. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a bite of the castle, you know. So, um, so I called her, and I've probably done it like eight times. And I called her, and I was like, I blew my house. And I told her the whole thing, which was kind of amazing that I was honest, because I could have easily just been like, I didn't do that. Um, and she was like, all right. And I was like, I, I have to start over. And she's like, that was a slip. I was like, what is this? What is this you speak of? And she's like, that was, you know, you slipped. You're done. Is it over? Did you stop? Did you keep going? You know, and I was like, no, I stopped. You know, after about eight. Um, she's like, okay. And you know what? If that's not the way other people work, that's fine. If that should have been, I started my days over, that's fine. But for me, that was so loving and so like, oh, I'm not going to get in trouble. You know, I'm not going to get busted. And, and it didn't happen again. You know, I'm, I haven't eaten perfectly, but but that that kind of slip didn't happen again after that. And the idea that, like, I could do this imperfectly was sort of given to me from that. Um, and, you know, my my food has changed over the years. Early on, I definitely, it was very, I, I almost cut out certain things completely just to find some balance because I so binged on them for so long. But after a few months, or maybe within the first year, they you know they were back and they didn't become binge foods for me. There are things in my house that I haven't eaten for a week, or I might take a you know a small piece of that I never could have done that. They would have been gone. Um, that's just my experience. So uh, I'm sort of veering off perfectionism. Sorry, um, I'm doing this imperfectly, and uh, and. Um, the same with working the steps. Like, she just took them. She didn't say, mm, you didn't do enough here. You didn't, you weren't thorough enough there. She was just very, she was the one who kind of showed me the way to be imperfect and be in this program and to be, to own my feet and, and not leave because of any of that, because I was doing anything wrong. Um, and uh, I remember one, I, yeah, I remember once, this is, again, off topic, but I was driving to a meeting. It was in my first month. And I decided I didn't need to go. <laughs> I was driving there and decided I didn't need to go. Like, I pulled over. And um, and somehow, I, I, maybe I did have a phone. I don't know. But I, call, I called her, and I was like, I decided this. I decided I don't need to go to this meeting. She's like, okay, 
You can thank your brain for your input. You just say, thank you for your input, broken brain, and continue on your way. <laughs> and that has been such a lovely, helpful saying for me over the years. Like, so I, I could try to, like, segue back to perfectionism. Like, like, the times when I think, like, I'm not doing this right, so I have to stop. I'm very much of the, I came in very much of the, if at first you don't succeed, quit. Because why bother? You're not going to be able to do it. So um, if I wasn't good at something immediately, I just didn't do it. And that it's been such a joy to uh, to give that away. And it's been such a regret to look at how much I did that over the years before program. Like um, I started playing softball with friends. I'm the worst softball. I mean, worst. Like and we do swing till you hit. So it's great because I do not strike out. I. I might take me six times, and someone might catch it immediately, but I get to, like, hit. And um, and I love that. Like, I love that um, metaphorically, and I love that real realistically. Like, I can go and have fun and be competitive and horrible, which is a very strange combination. But I'm not – I'm so imperfect at it. And, it. and it has no bearing on whether I'm enjoying the afternoon. Um, and uh, – so yeah, I just thank my broken brain for the input, and I continue on my way. So, you have a broken brain, so the brain comes up with this don't get a bad idea because it's coming from you. How do you snap into, you know, make that call? Do the opposite? You know, is it like you have to pray for that willingness? Is it like already in you that you have it? You know. Um, with the broken brain, how do I snap out of it? Is that sort of it? Um, how do I go to the call or to the, to the right action, the next right action? It's changed over the years. Um, I don't know that. I, I remember the first time it happened. Again, I can't believe I remember this, but um, the first time I reached for something in my freezer and I saw my hand, like, in that position, and in that one and a half seconds, I went for the phone. And it was like, you know, like bad TV movie, like really, this is happening, and I picked up the phone and I called. I had its number already because I got numbers at that, you know, first meeting or second meeting, and I called someone and told her what I was doing, what I was about to do, and um, and she said she she started laughing at me, which really pissed me off, um, and which you know I was a very glum person coming in, and like she, but she related, so she laughed, and and I thought, huh. Hmm. And she also became one of my closest friends in the program because she could she could help me snap out of the broken brain by you know giving me perspective and going like you know this this tunnel that I've got here it is you know there's more here um, so I don't know that that to me was God at first that one and a half seconds I always you know ask my sponsees to like look for that that one and a half second like the moment where you can find God and and reach for something else. I'm very lucky that I got it I, when I did. Um, but uh, so over the years, uh, I often pray for the willingness. Like early on in terms of believing in God, because I didn't, I was praying, and I was, it, this was suggested to me to pray to be willing, to be willing, to be willing. You know, it was like so far removed from believing in God. Be, you know, not even be willing to believe in God. It was like, you know, in the, in the, the anteroom of that. And um, and slowly, I was able to, like, release a willing, you know, every so often. But I prayed a lot. Um, lately, I've had to pray. I've been feeling like um, 
unfocused and I and I and un, and like I haven't accomplished enough and I wonder it's I think a midlife crisis thing happening and uh and I it's been causing a lot of pain and so I have been praying to find to, for God to help me focus on what it is that God wants me to focus on and to be able to follow that it hasn't really I mean it's it's I'm sort of getting answers. I'm not sure if they're answers, but I'm going for what feels um, fun or healthy rather than just that feeling of misery when I'm sitting in it and not doing anything about it. So mostly I guess I get I get motivated by misery. <laughs> That's what brought me in. If I didn't have to do this, I wouldn't. I have to. Thank you so much, Lisa. This question just came right as an answer, but um, I was wondering if well, oh, how my program has changed in the last few years, how it's evolved, whether it's about relationship to self or higher power, yeah, or, or, or um, something I've been going through. Well, I'm not sure about the last few years, but definitely the last year has been, um, I've been working a ninth step incredibly poorly and slowly on um, my, uh, a ninth step about myself, about forgiving my, about, you know, both apologizing to myself for all the harm I've caused to myself and forgiving. And um, that's really been hard. And it's partly been hard because I haven't been, doing it enough. I finally got it done. I'm turning it over next week, or no, tomorrow. Um, but uh, it, it, it took months and months and months. Like, and it would be, you know, feverish. Like, I would do it for a while and then just drop it for months. And probably out of fear that of what I'd find of having, again, having to, you know, dredge up all this stuff um, about, you know, going way far back. All the choices. And the thing is, you know, recognizing that Every choice everyone makes, there's a choice they there's something they didn't do, and that could lead to regret. And for whatever reason, I'm a person who is very uh, engaged with my regret, or have been lately, and um, and I'd like to re- be relieved of it because it sucks. It's it's not helpful to me. And that you know that one of the promises that we will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. When I have that relief, I feel it. And when it you know when that regret comes back, it um, it's painful. So again, this is for me. This is a selfish program. I do this to feel better. I do it to be of service because that makes me feel better. So, um, so I've been I've been really working on getting through this step and getting through the uh, irritation with myself for not doing it quickly enough. The you know the possi- the very very real possibility that I didn't do it perfectly. Um, that I left stuff out or that I haven't been thorough enough, um, and I have no idea what's going to come from sharing it with my sponsor. Like, I don't know what's going to come back. But um, but it just, over the years, has been has become evident that I'm, I can't even say, look, I'm hard on myself. I don't think I am, but apparently my sponsor does. And um, and I think I'm much less hard on myself than I used to be. I, um, I came in with the radio station, KFOX, <laughs> Sorry for cursing. Um, and, uh, you know, that station that just said I was, you know, all the voices that said how terrible I was all the time. And that isn't around anymore. 
when it does come up, it's usually in the middle of the night when I have an insomnia. It's awesome, but um, but it's otherwise, you know, in the light of day, you know, that that sunshine, it it has the good sense to leave, and um, so I'm really grateful for that. So I don't think I'm hugged on myself anymore, but apparently I still have internalized a lot of that, and I don't know what it would be like not to be. I I guess I'm looking forward to seeing if it can happen. Um, in a way, you know we become attached to our misery or I become, you know, so I don't know if I'm attached to it. And like, you know, will I, what will I be if I don't have it? But it's a, it's a character defect. It's standing in the way of my being useful to other people and God. So I got to work on it. Yeah, it's Do you have moments in your life where you believe God loves you and what's <laughs> Do I have moments in my life where I believe God loves me and what is that like? I don't know. I um, I have moments in my life where I believe I love God, which is amazing. I came in, you know, having this belief that there was a, you know, a good and a bad, and uh, and and a really mean entity in charge that would let all these bad things happen, and um, and didn't like that entity. So the being able to change my perception of what that is has been able has has led me to be able to change my perception of not so much good and bad like what's good and bad in the world but um, but know that I don't know the answers that it's all a mystery I don't have to try to control it I'm still working on that do I have one minute oh more okay and um. So, so the idea of loving my higher power um, is really revelatory to me. It's just it feels so uh, um, compassionate, which I didn't have a lot of compassion or forgiveness coming in. Um, even in the you know, I I don't want to talk about outside stuff, but there's stuff I do outside that um, that I come in contact with. It's really hard to be vague, but I come in contact with things that are very unfair to me and that, that are very painful to see, and um, it's kind of relief to know, like, um, yes, this is the way the world is right now, and yes, anything I do to try and help may not do anything, but it does make me feel better to try, and it does make me feel better to not think of it as uh, a punitive power striking people down who don't deserve it. Um, but I'm sorry, I can't think about the God loves me part. I, I should, clearly. I do think I do think in terms of like that moment that, that that moment I was given, like that feels like love to me. The 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 higher power that I you know co created in these rooms from steps one, two, three, that is a God who who is loving and is gentle and is um, funny and sweet, and I do feel all that, but I don't. I don't think about it that way. So I'm. I, I appreciate the chance to think about it. Sorry, I'm doing it on tape, but. So how do you turn your will, your life, into the care of the power? What does that look like to you? 
Am I, do I have one minute? Okay. Um, how do I, it, it, since I don't have the concept of God as a, as a supreme being, how do I turn my will and my life over to the care of a higher power? Um, to me, it is, it is a supreme being. It's just made up of everyone and everything. So it's still, it's still a, like air. It's still a spirit or an existence. It's just, it's just not all me. I'm not it. I'm part of it. Um, and, it's again like that river. Like, how do I how do I flow with this um, energy? Energy, that's the word. How do I flow with this energy rather than fighting against it? So, um, you know, I just pray. That's those are my prayers. Like, how am I? How can I be of service? Like, uh, please help me see how to do your will and how to follow it. And um, and it, yeah, it doesn't. I I don't think about it really. I don't think about what it is or isn't, as much as just like how can I fit into the stream of life. That's sort of. And that's my time. <laughs>